Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday and welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday show from Signals from Signals of the Frontline. Did I already say that? <laughs> we're, we're figuring it out. Anyways, <laughs> and, anyways, that that guy there on the other side, that is Kicker, the chief of serial and sigilite of the Frontline <laughs> Gaming Network. Seth the Mad Doc, who is usually in the seat and doing the introduction, he is not here tonight. Uh, we are missing him dearly, and I filling in on and live on camera for this part. I am Nikki D, flannel fan and producer for the show. All right, kicker. I fumbled that one a little bit, okay, but we're, okay. we're still alive. We How can recover doing, this. We can keep on yeah. going. We can do this. We can do this. <laughs> Guys, uh, please consider watching us live every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so you get to be part of the live chat because we, we love the chat. That's really important. And you get to see the cool visual element like like my face. I, I shaved. I got a haircut. Look at this. And look at you. And, and you're the opposite. Your beard is looking um, beautiful, as usual. <laughs> hey, um, I Shave though, I, I did clean up these these parts, so yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of extra that I did. Right. People can look at our beautiful faces, but they probably want to see my hobby progress. Maybe they want to see my hobby progress. I don't know. I'm proud. Do you know what that is? That is Age of Sigmar, people. Uh, Nikki D, do you want to describe what I've spent the past week painting? Yes, uh, I know these very well. These are Saurus warriors yes. from the Seraphon set, and um, they they Seth often gives you a hard time about using earth tones, but yeah. these are more vibrant yeah but they are bold they are vibrant they're yeah. colorful dude i got like some purple there in the feathers i've got some like emerald green like these things are way outside my comfort zone and i had so much fun <laughs> painting these so so i am i am traditionally a 40k player but i'm, I'm painting some age of sigmar because i because i want to roll a little bit you know so i, I want to try something different uh and also i get to yeah. paint something totally different so i'm having a lot of fun with this but my true love is still 40k, and I did play an RTT this weekend. And, and, and dude, I, I went two and one, so I'm very happy. That's that's yeah, there you a go. Positive record, right, dude? Right. And uh, my guard, my my guard did amazing. I was really proud. I I did you have you played against Necrons in 10th edition? I I have. Um, that was I played July. I played an RTT. Yeah. And I played Necrons on tap table. Lost in that in that <sighs> game. Uh. They, so kind what of kind of brutal, list was it? Was that the stereotypical Necron list you lost to? You know, a lot of you know, you know, warriors was, or whatever. Uh, yeah, one large brick of yeah. Lich Guard, the guys with the board, board and yeah, sword, um, with some characters in it, and then a big unit of the Necron warriors that he had kind of uh, strung out with some characters that were back there. A couple of Doomsday arcs, and then yeah. some Locust Heavy Destroyers for extra shooting. So, and oh, the Transcendent Satan, of course, with yeah. the enhancement that was there. So, is that similar to the list that you played? Yeah, so, so that's the that's the weird part, man. That's what I was expecting for. Okay. I felt like I could take it. Now, I run a very infantry heavy guard list, a, f a few Sentinels and and whatnot, but really just a bunch of blobs of infantry tree and round one guess what i was against necrons and i was ready for it but it wasn't the list that you and i are more familiar with it was okay. two monoliths and i'm like whew, whew, not one whew. but two not one but two and I, my army <laughs> is just, just not designed to take down you know t14 durable things like that and definitely not two of those so i played around it and you know what i won that round i played for the mission i got for the, went for points i was like yes i'm finally getting decent at this game i was so freaking proud so round two guess what i play the same damn thing, but not one, not two. Well, two monoliths, and then a third Dude. giant Titanic Forge World Necron thing. And I'm like, what the oh, hell? Oh, the, the spider guy? The, the spider, spider guy? Yeah, I don't know. what I've never seen it. Man, it was just massive. I don't know what it is called, but I know it's <sighs> I know it's a spider guy. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, like I just beat one skew list, and now we're skewing it even more, and I did lose that game. It was frustrating, but I had a lot of fun like because I was like just going for points and, and losing, you know, you know, 
20 infantry at a time every time he decided to shoot because the, the the blast keyword is you know blast hurts big blobs of infantry fast but it was a lot of fun and my last round was against votan and i'm like i know how to do this and, and i won that that game but uh yeah it was it was a lot of fun so that was my past week was painting some source warriors and playing some games what about you dude i know that you've had some fun too right yes so uh as i switch over here uh i folks i got some painting done for myself so if you're watching the stream you can oh, see i painted up I painted up my Shalaxi Hellbane. I kicker. I'm getting ready for Nova. Not this weekend, yeah. but following this following weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about that here coming up. Uh, I saw Dean in the chat was already asking who else is he is going to see at Nova. Yeah. And I know Dean has been working on a new display board. We we know Dean from the FLG events, and he's always one of the top competitors. Uh, not necessarily in the games, although he is a good player, but he's, he's one of the player. top competitors for the hobby track. Yeah. So I know going to Nova is a really big deal for guys like him. But for a guy like me, um, I sat down uh, for about an hour on Sunday to paint Shalaxi Hellbane. Look at that. Um, and yeah, yeah. It really, what I did, uh, it, I know folks are probably familiar with Slap Chop as a, as a painting method. So right, you prime black, you dry brush, and then use the contrast paints. Uh, I did not do the contrast paints part. Uh, instead, what I did was I brought out my airbrush. Oh, fancy! Yeah, did the rest of it, you know, that way. And, and even some of the small parts, I didn't, you know, I didn't use any tape or putty. Uh, so it's oh. it, it's a little bit of kind of some of the blended lines that are there. I'll probably go back and touch it up a little bit, but for the purposes of Nova, Shalaxi is done, yeah. based, finished, and and feeling good about that. And then, uh, so the only thing I have left to paint for Nova is the Changeling. And that's just one little small model. I'll be able to knock that one out in, in one yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. So no big problem. And then Seth is not here, but I did go see Oppenheimer on Friday. <laughs> All right. Good job. So Oppenheimer was great. Uh, I texted Seth because he wanted to report. So what I'm going to tell everybody here, I think Oppenheimer is the best Christopher Nolan film since The Dark Knight. Ooh. Just a while ago. Christopher Nolan's had some other films in between. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was his best film since The Dark Knight. Really, really good. Seth's, Seth gave me the permission to stay on stream here in front of the whole internet. That That is the correct answer. And then I yeah. am right in that assumption. So uh, <laughs> it was a good time. I had a great weekend. Nice, dude. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm thinking Shalaxi would be a great name for a dog, by the way. Just just throwing that out there. You know, like <laughs> you're, you're, you're Shalaxi. Okay, anyway, uh, let's talk about some news really fast, guys. Uh, sure. GW's got a few things coming up. First of all, we know there's a giant GW preview taking place during the, the Nova event next week. And we've gotten this little teaser here of an Auroch uh, boss here. This is an Age of Sigmar model. He's looking pretty sick, you know, wielding two close combat weapons, kind of some face gear. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just a face gear. You know, what, thing. You know what the face, the mask reminds me yeah. of? Uh, it almost, if you zoom in, folks, take a look at this. It reminds me of Bane's mask. Oh my gosh, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yeah, but Batman, Bane. Uh, no, so yeah. picture Tom Hardy doing <laughs> his voice. Uh, you know, right? That's that's just Bane, that's Bane Orc now, I guess. So, 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 so we know we have this big preview next week. Um, we and we're seeing this little teaser here. We're seeing some, you know, uh, I am not allowed to speak. But what do you think? What do you think we're going to see next week, man? Well, first kicker, that might be the biggest challenge of your life uh, yeah. to not speak for an amount yeah, of time. Right. Jeez, but, uh, <laughs> I cannot shut the hell up, so I'm not. I'm being careful. Uh, but what do you, what do you think we're going to see at these big previews? I mean, we yeah, do well, know that it's going to be 40k Age of Sigmar. Uh, but I think we'll, pretty much every major game system is having a reveal. It's going to be next Wednesday, yeah. next Wednesday night as well. Pretty yeah. much every major game system. I I think the the obvious choice for 40k is we for the battle of olive garden yeah a battle yep yeah, that's we, we already we already got the tyranids so yeah. i am fully expecting that we're going to get space marines um yeah. as as a reveal 
Um, that being said, we are going to have a couple of fall releases um, that Games Workshop has publicly already talked about. So, Kicker, not sharing anything that hasn't been shared publicly, right? Um, but they've already said that Admech and Necrons are going to have codexes this fall. So I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that maybe we get a sneak peek at what they might get for new models, yeah. if they're getting new models as well. Um, yeah. For any of the other game systems, I mean, Blood Bowl and some of the other small skirmish games, we're going to get new. We're going to get new kits. I have no idea what the heck that they're yeah, going to be. Um, just hopefully they look cool. Tell us what you think in chat. We're curious to hear your your, your guesses. All right. We do know what's going up for this weekend, though. Pre, uh, pre-orders are the new Aegis Sigmar Army set. This is that new starter set that has the codex in it and a bunch of those brand new shiny models, the totally redesigned, let's just call it New Empire, uh, the Cities of Sigmar Army, and they are... <laughs> they are sexy. Uh, we all, we always talk about how beautiful Age of Sigmar models are, but it's like, how do they make you know your classic, I guess, fantasy you know swordsmen, you know humans look different? And they did it. They accomplished it. They made them look different and cool. And I, I, I mean, I know that you were talking about them, Nick, uh, earlier, early, early tonight. Like that's a that's an army that the aesthetic is speaking to you, right? I mean, that's just it's it's cool. It's a classic, and it, and it is an item where I think all of us as gaming nerds like we love to see cool stuff that is inhuman yeah. so things are the actual human factions like they got to be done really damn exactly. well yeah. to get people to buy in and an empire in warhammer fantasy or the old world um is is and was a very popular faction um springs in some element of steampunk but some element mm-hmm. of royalty that's there from it this model range and everything that we've seen so far i think does a fantastic job of yeah. blending those elements being something that is familiar, but at the same time, something that's a little bit foreign and unique. So I, I think I've shared before, my brother uh, growing up, when we played fantasy, I was a Skaven player because they're the best. He was a, an Empire player, and I've sent him some of the pictures, and he's he just keeps looking at it being like, yeah. This, you know, but if you look at these models, right, if you look at the helmets, for example, you look at even the, the shields, like they're not distinctly to any one realistic, I guess, region of the world right these are created styles like this i mean they might have some hints of you know maybe germanic or or whatnot but they but in general the entire aesthetic of the 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 armor and the the style of this is just so freaking cool it's so unique i i really do really 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 have to applaud gw because they were creative they pulled it off uh i am still not so sure how i feel about the ogres carrying a tower with a little dude in the back like that's one of the models they previewed it's basically an ogre with like a sharpshooter on in a tower i don't know it's a little weird but i, I think it's cool uh did, did you see the cannon thing that's awesome they've previewed that that's not coming in the box set the box set is like the sword sword and board guys and like i think cavalry i think it's the knights there's yeah. i mean kicker let me ask you a question yeah shoot you're you're, you're an imperial guard player for 40k mm-hmm. i i mean if Base sizes are relatively the same. Like, yeah. some slight conversions and modeling for some of that Cities of Sigmar stuff yeah. would be an awesome. Oh my gosh! For, yeah, for a mortar or something like that. <laughs> I know, yeah, right? right? Oh, yeah. It, it. I mean, I've definitely thought about putting like as my company commander. Or, you know, one of my my HQs, just to swap it out. Maybe changing one of my Cadian Castellans from 40k into the the leader of this this. Age of Sigmar, I guess it's it's in the box that I was looking at. I'm like, oh, this is gorgeous. Uh, okay, we need to stop talking about this. We should also talk about the Vanguard, though. The Vanguard Seraphon box set. This is that new box yeah. set that they're releasing uh, this weekend. This has got those new warriors I've been painting, as well as I think the big giant ones, the Croxigars, or whatever called. Uh, yes, the Croxigars. and the Carnosaur. Yeah, so it's got all the cool big dinos that you, you know and love. So that's another one of those great value box sets. 
But guys, we know you don't really care that. I mean, I, I, we all enjoy Age of Sigmar. It's fun to look at, but we got to get to the real meat and uh, potatoes here. This is the the nerd news. And, and Nikki D, you got to take it away, man. I, I know you're excited to share your thoughts on a particular little series. Yeah, well, we were we were talking just before about Cities of Sigmar, which is the old, which is old the old empire in uh, Warhammer Fantasy. But what, folks? What about the Empire in Star Wars and the New Republic? <laughs> oh, look at that! There we go. There we what? go. Well done. So we've talked about it. Uh, Star Wars Ahsoka, uh, which was set for release today, they actually moved it up, so it became available at 9 p.m. Eastern on yesterday, Tuesday, August 22nd. Uh, my wife and I had a countdown where as soon as it hit 9 p.m. and she was watching, she was watching a baking show, and and it was that sort of thing where it's like, hey, when it, it's coming to nine, like we're, we we both agree we're switching, and it was like, all right. Two minute warning. Beautiful. Well 60 done. seconds. So we had that transition. I'm glad uh, she has I, her priorities you, in line, you know, baking. Hey, she loves loves her baking shows, but she also very much wanted to watch Star Wars. And that's that's why I love <laughs> her, um, among other reasons. But that is a, a, a primary reason as well. Now, Kicker, you have not watched the episode. Yeah. So and, and also for those that have not seen it, uh, no spoilers, please. But give us your like your 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 your, your professional critics opinion. Because uh, it was two episodes, right? We got two episodes in. Two, two episodes. I don't know. I actually don't know how many episodes are going to be in the season, but the first uh, two episodes were, were released, and it will be an episode on a weekly basis that releases uh, Tuesday nights going forward until the season finishes. Um, I really, really loved the first two uh, episodes. Um, my spoiler-free review of it will be that if you know the Ahsoka character, even if you've just been introduced um, to Ahsoka from the the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian season two, you get a bigger taste on her character, who she is, what she is. But it really helps if you have watched um, Star Wars, the Clone Wars TV series, and or especially Rebels, the TV series. And both of uh, those are animated, right? Those are both the animated. Both of those are animated, yep. There's a lot of characters in this series that are live action for the first time that are especially from Rebels, the TV series. I have not watched all of it, so I'm familiar with the characters, but not fully familiar with their characters. There's a lot in these two episodes that go into explaining for the general audience who are these characters, what are their motives, what are they doing in this scenario. So there's a lot of exposition building um, that, that goes into it. So not the most exciting shoot 'em up Star Wars that you're going to expect, but it does a good job. Uh, the part that I will say and the part that has made me really nervous about a lot of the Disney projects recently, Kicker, it's been the special effects and the kind mm -hmm. of fight choreography, right? Some of them have been really bad recently oh, right okay. pulling, yeah pulling pull no punches right yeah um that was the part that worried me about this series and they made changes um okay. i thought the, the fight choreography was really really good was, was really solid um the cgi was like there's things where it's like obviously you're seeing a spaceship through space you know it's a spaceship you know it's yeah. cgi right yeah, but there's not yeah, but there's not any of the stuff where you're watching it and it looks like it's from a 1995 video game level. Okay, cool. Good, good. So good. that part to me, story was good, good introduction for the characters, fights scenes were good, CGI was quality. So, so for me, two thumbs up, great start. All right, I'm going to ask a really hard question and you might not have an answer, but this is something that I love from all all basic Lucas properties, or I guess all Star Wars films, right, is how was the the sound the sound the, the the music the 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 background music i mean usually or even the sound effects alone are usually amazing uh did that that you know is that do we get something there so like boba fett I, you watch book of boba or mandalorian i mean they have like the unique yeah. you know vibe is there something like that for sure that, that, that we're going to get to keep admittedly not anything no. that i noticed on the first two episodes but that might have been just my other excitement i yeah. i mean i really love the ahsoka character from 
uh, from the, the Star Wars, the, the Clone Wars series. Yeah, yeah. She is one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Um, and, and then the part that we know, the villain, the main villain for the series is going to be Grand Admiral Thrawn, yeah. who I have talked about in prior weeks. So I was pretty kicker i was pretty amped up focus on that the yeah. first two episodes so the sound part of it admittedly <laughs> it's a great call out but it yeah. was not top of mind no for that's me. okay that's okay that's okay more. okay well so well, i do need to ask one other thing then i have not watched it i'm gonna watch it probably maybe one episode tonight one episode tomorrow i'm gonna be watching this easter eggs do we know if there's easter eggs to look for because that's always fun right or is it it's too fresh maybe people haven't even had a chance to discover there this. there are definitely easter eggs okay, um, cool. but cool. a lot of them a lot of them are tied to the Clone Wars and Rebels okay. TV series. Okay, cool. No, that's good. That's good. All right, guys. It looks like this is what you need to watch this weekend. But I think we have one other thing that's near and dear to your heart. Maybe maybe even nearer and dearer. Is that a word? Is dearer a word? I don't know. We're just going to go with it. Uh, that's very yeah. important to you as well. W what is this one? All right, folks. I'm going to say two words. If you know what it means, you know what it means. Musta Crackish. <laughs> You know, if you know what that is, you know what it no, is. Uh, but no specifically, idea. I I had to ask Kicker folks before if you knew if you before if you knew what this is. One of my favorite TV shows of all times of all time, probably the greatest uh, in, in my opinion. One of the greatest bands of all time, the show Metalocalypse, the band Death Clock. So this was a show that aired roughly ten to fifteen uh, years ago on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. Um, the the concept. For the for the band and then for the show kicker, I'm going to explain for you, but also for the audience, it's a it's it's a death metal band that is so big in popularity and in their scope that they themselves, as the band, are the seventh largest economy in the world. They're that meaningful. Yeah. Well, so like bigger than the Beatles when they were in their hey heyday, bigger than Beyonce and T Swift combined. <laughs> you know, right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're they're that big in that point. But they're also guys that play in a death metal band and they're kind of nerdy and weird. Yes, James Carmona and Chat, an absolutely brutal uh, TV series. Uh, that's here. It's 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 a lot of it that really makes fun, but in an endearing way of the metal community, of kind of the nerdy community, uh, but also has some legitimately great metal songs to it. So, um, anyways, the show ran for a couple seasons, got canceled. They didn't get to do a, a finale, and then it got announced a couple years ago that they were actually Cartoon Network was moving forward with the creator to do a final movie to finish the story in a final album the album came out yesterday i listened to it and just folks chef's kiss i recommend if you love death clock if you've listened to death clock before go check out the uh death album four they're not always creative with the names um but like there's that there's kicker there's a song on there called poisoned by food Perfect, so yeah. not always highbrow stuff but high yeah. quality movie uh, came out on dvd yesterday is available for streaming on friday so i know what i'm doing on friday night um this is an item and chat i see you james mike kelsey uh <laughs> they're all loving this flux oh no they're they're in they're in on this folks you know are in on the metal it blows my mind and and you know I, I get to see a lot of the the gaming community from a really kind of a bird's eye view sometimes and i get to see what like what excites large segments of our, of our, of our community and i gotta say well i personally yes judge me all you like i like my country music <laughs> and, my, and my alternative rock um you know, I think the major, I think a very large chunk of our community loves metal. I mean, I know Reese and uh, at the office, uh, one of the owners of Frontline Gaming, loves metal, man. Uh, okay. So yeah, it, it it is a thing. It's big. It's big within our community. I unfortunately am totally naive, but luckily Nikki D, you can carry carry us through this one. So I'm, I'm glad. Uh, when when is that? That's Friday. You're saying that that's going uh Friday. Yep, Friday. That it'll be coming sweet, around. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Let's talk about some event news real fast. I wanted to let people mm -hmm. know that SoCal Open tickets. We still have a few. We're selling a lot. It's really really solid. I am kind of concerned. 
learned uh, that I need to add more tickets to the web card. As if you've been to SoCal, you know we have a lot of space in that venue, but we rent our tables well in advance, and I have to rent more tables at this point, which is a good problem to have. But it's always just like, uh, how many tables do I rent? Because we don't rent extra tables, right? Yeah. Uh, this is a GW qualifier, so if you are playing the 40k champs and you win this, you are getting your flight, your lodging, everything. Uh, so you get to go if you're a California native and you win this, you are going to the Atlanta trip. You know where uh, the Atlanta GW event. We're no flying effort. you there. You're putting up at the hotel. You're, you're obviously your event ticket is covered as well. And I'll, yeah, add, I'll add real quick. SoCal, that's in October, correct? Yes, that's late October. October 22nd, I want to say. The GW event, I think, is the second or third week in November. So SoCal may actually be one of the last events yeah. to get one of those tickets if, yeah. if you are interested or if you've come close but haven't had the chance to see us it. So folks, if and, and Kicker actually question for it, is it just for 40K? So it is for 40K and Age of Sigmar. Kill Team, cool. We, I, I believe Kill Team has... I don't like to use this term because it's not official, but 40K, it's a, a let's just let's just use it what it is, a golden ticket. If you win 40K, if you win Agency yeah. Mark, you're getting your flight, your lodging fully covered. Uh, if you win, I believe Kill Team, and don't quote me on this, I, I got to check, but I believe for Kill Team, it is, it is your event ticket is covered, but you have to cover your own transportation from theoretically California or wherever in the world you live to, to the event. Uh, we also have, of course, Star Wars Legion, which is a, a very large event there. Star Wars Legion in California is pretty, pretty, pretty damn big, man. Oh, I'm always blown away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we're going to just dovetail really nicely into LVO. Guys, LVO, Shatterpoint is this brand new game. First time ever we're doing Shatterpoint at LVO. It's this new game system that wasn't even around this time last year. Right. Shatterpoint, it's an after hours event, so it's at night. It's sold out. Like just what the hell? We don't yet we so we're like, okay, geez, I guess this thing's a popular game system. So after hours is so that you can go you could go play 40k all day and then go play a round or two of Shatterpoint. The tickets are a joke of a price. It's just a way for us to keep track of how many people are playing so that we have enough train and whatnot. But the idea of these after hour events is that you could go play 40k, Age of Sigmar, Kill Team, and then go play something kind of different. Uh, we also have like the Night Joust as one of the after hour hours events. So if you have like a, a Gorkonaut or, you know, a Night Lancer now and you just want to literally go and, and, and play this fun version of 40k. Wraith, Wraith Knights, I hear they're pretty popular. Yeah, there might, yeah. might be people with Wraith Knights <laughs> at LVO anyway. So hey, why not? I, we don't use that word Wraith Knight around here very much. <laughs> um, oh, oh, and this is really kind of cool. Uh, I had a very long call with GW earlier this week, and I'm very pleased to say that, you know, officially, we will have the big GW preview at LVO. And more importantly, or I guess very importantly, is that uh, GW will have their rules writers roaming the halls during the the 40K champs, taking notes. Fantastic. So if you're playing at 40K, you 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 will you will be impacting the world of the uh, of the competitive scene because they will be there using our event to kind of you know determine how the rest of the season, the rest of the 2024 year goes. So yeah, that's always exciting. Okay. I think it's time for a signal short. We have we time for a signal short? We want to do this? We, we, we do, Kicker. Yep, yep. <laughs> so real quick, our signal short. Folks, if you don't listen to the show, this is uh, the part where I give us as the host a quick question that we have to answer, usually something spur of the moment. So Kicker, as he's taking a drink. Sorry. His, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's only <laughs> 120 <laughs> degrees here. Like legit, the heat index is 120 degrees right now where I live, which is just. All right. Yeah, so Kicker, signal short question of the week. Yes. Of the week. What 40K model or, or member of a 40K unit would you be able to beat in an arm wrestling contest? I legitimately do a lot of push-ups every day and I work out. Like I could take on most units. I mean, come on, Space Marine. I, I got you. But realistically, let's just take on a grot. Like there we go. You know, easy victory. <laughs> I, I have no shame. I don't mind picking on somebody weaker than me. Uh, what about you, dude? 
yeah, kicker, I'll say you're definitely in better shape than than, than I am. Anytime I, I feel like half the time I'm talking to you, you're like you're actively on a run or just got back from a run, and meanwhile it's uh, like I'm eating another brownie that's, that's here. But, uh, but anyway, no, it, it's it is because. I'm actually a puppy dog and I need to be outside moving around or else I'm peeing in the corner and tearing up throw pillows. Like I have to be outside. So yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll be calling you and you and Seth while I'm running. Um, so I apologize. Uh, yeah. That. So yeah. guys, when you see kicker at LVO, don't rub his belly cause he might get <laughs> the carpet there. Uh, but anyways, as it though. goes, as, as it goes, uh, a, a 40k model or part of a model that I would be in a, uh, arm wrestling, Give me a single nurgling. Oh, nurgling. One, yeah. They're going to be slimy, but I can beat them in, in our mess. You see, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. I think I had the better answer because, yes, grots are weak, but I don't think like, – nurglings are really weak too. But like, I feel like just touching a nurgling, I'm going to get some sort of weird infection or disease after that, and I'll just mm -hmm. be regretting it. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, hey, we should jump into our main segment now, right? Like, we should, should we talk a little bit about what's happening with – with painting that's you know we're just going to yes. touch briefly on this we don't need to go super in depth but i think it is kind of an important thing as people are gearing up for the 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 tail end of 2023 and, and how to get their armies ready yeah so kicker let's actually start off here i'm going to change what i have in the script here a little bit let's actually start off with the community poll aspect okay. of it i like so, it so, um, so folks if you're if you're listening to the show um either on youtube or um live or, or on replay or if you listen to the as a podcast we always recommend that you join the frontline gaming uh, Facebook group where we will put up some polls, engage with the audience, care, get some feedback for the events. Um, but one of the things we do is always put up the, the poll to find out, hey, well, guys, what are you thinking about these topics and, uh, and what are we actually doing? So uh, the poll for this week is how much does it matter for an army to have the right paint scheme when you're playing the game? So really, this was an item where, kicker, I think if we had asked this question two or three years ago, it would have been perhaps more controversial yeah. when there were multiple detachments, right, where you could have ultramarines and white scars yeah, you know, in, in, one army, in, yeah. in one army together, right? That was, it was a lot more contentious that was then. But really, as it goes through this poll, 61% uh, of the people just said, hey, paint how you like to paint for your models. 29% of people just said, just make everything consistent. Um, so that they can clearly identify what's there. There's a couple other options that are, you know, just really smaller. But I, I think it's generally the community as a whole. And kicker, I'll, uh, after I make this point, I'll kick it over to you for for your thoughts as an event organizer. But generally, folks, as long as something is painted and there's an intent um, and it's clear what is what, they're pretty accepting of how things are painted on the tabletop. I think that's what the poll seems to indicate. Yeah. But what have you seen as an event organizer from you know your time at FLG and maybe even your own experience prior to that? Yeah, I mean, we're we're really flexible at FLG, especially in the newer edition where people we just want people to have armies that are relatively ready for the tabletop. Uh, you know, we 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 can kind of crack down a little bit more towards the end of a season when people should usually have armies ready. But but in general, like yeah, if they're painted and it's 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 not overly confusing, we'll we'll go with it. You know, uh, so, some organizers are a little bit more rigid that. You know, they all have to be based the same, or something like that, or 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 it can't look like borrow hammer, right? Like we're we're pretty we're pretty lenient. If if you need to, you know, if you're running a new list and and you need to bring in some stuff from your your friend and they're not painted the same shade of yellow or something stupid like that, like we're probably gonna let you fly. Um, I I personally, man. I, I don't want to I don't want to confuse my opponent because I just think that's yeah. an unfair advantage. And also, I don't want to confuse myself. Like I want to be able to look at the the table and have a relatively decent idea where my own stuff is going. So yeah, you, you want your stuff painted so it makes sense. But like like you said earlier, Nick, we don't live in this time and age where we have different detachments. And I don't I I really like I sincerely don't know if 
detachments like we had them in in previous editions is going to come back where you'll have multiple detachments so you know i run guard guard there's different types of infantry you have cadian shock troops and you have like basic platoon infantry and 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 you know they they kind of look the same they can look the same so so i found ways to paint them slightly differently and to put like helmeted heads on one and not helmeted heads on the other so it makes it very obvious to myself and my opponent but uh there's not you know I, I, you could probably get away with painting them all the same if you what do you think Nick? Yeah. i mean what, what do you what do you personally i mean like, what's what, what, what do you do yeah well i'm going to actually uh refer to some of the comments that we oh, got yeah, on the poll. let's do that let's um do that. we're going to touch on that and then kicker you and i can just run through just hey what are some of the painting techniques or ideas or things that can yeah. motivate people either that could be simple or give you creative ways to address it um real quick though before i jump into that chat generally is in favor or in agreement with what the poll resu- results are Good. or where yeah. um paint what you like um dean points out that it is always better to play a game win or lose versus a painted army than something that's gray plastic just because yeah. it's hotness, right? No, that's, I, and that's, I think that's, that's so important, right? Because we're playing an immersive game. We're not playing, yes. you know, a board game. We're not playing an online game. We're playing a game with little toy figures, you know, miniatures in, in ideally a setting that's a beautiful frontline gaming table with beautiful frontline gaming mats. Like it's really immersive. And it is so distracting when you have those models that aren't painted. Like it just destroys so much of that 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 en- enjoyment of the game. I know. I know other folks have referred to it as this, but when we're playing a game of, of 40K, it is a, we, we have an unspoken social contract between us and not the, they're, they're not really our opponent, but they, they are the person that we are collaborating with for the yeah. purpose of that game, right? So yeah. it needs to be, it should be a good experience for both people at the table. And, um, you know, for those of us that are competitive minded, um, we've seen it at different points. I think in ninth edition, it was, you know, Harlequins and like three stripes airbrushed on a Harlequin, yeah. uh, you know, jet bike sort of thing where it's that part. It's like, guys, come on. That's it and, 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 and to be off, clear. We're talking about in a tournament setting, right? Like everyone and playing yes, at home in a garage. Like, I mean, half my models when I play at home are not painted or even glued together or like they're like random action figures or something, you know, it's but, but when you go to a tournament, people are paying money to to go and have a, you know, really fun weekend. And we want that experience to be as immersive and collaborative and enjoyable for, for all parties involved. Yeah. So, Kicker, let me touch on some of the comments that we got on, on the, the poll um, on it, the yeah. Facebook page. So, John notes that if you're playing in a tournament, his preference is that sh- it should be painted as what it is. Because yeah. tournaments, especially if you're doing a GT or a super major, right, uh, you know, that could be six rounds, nine rounds, you know, over two or three days. It's mentally taxing. And if you his, his point was, if you've got an army painted as white scars, but then it's playing as ultramarines, that can be confusing to the opponent where, That's hey, I, I'm looking... And I'm and, seeing one and, army, but if you're using rules, like that could change how you're using tactics or what you're planning. For. Especially, especially for people that have been playing this game for 10 years, 20 years. Like you have it built in your mind that you see a blue army, it's ultramarines. You have it, it's white. It's it's probably going to be moving faster. So that is like a, a learned amount of almost like a learned response that you have to override yeah. if, if someone's not playing by those rules. So that that is a fair argument. Yep. Uh, a different John notes yeah. that... Um, Everything is fine. Just make sure the rims are painted. Oh, wow. uh, folks, that's that's just an inside joke uh, for our affiliate show, Grim After Dark. Um, so you can go back and and see their painted Angron that was shown on Warhammer Community. That's there. Uh, different folks have different standards on what may be fully, <laughs> fully painted. But hey, to each their own. And I think, as, as Dean in the chat said, it's better that something is painted and and there's an intent there versus not being painted at all. Yeah. So uh, we had to we had to cover that uh, that one. We love our friends at Grim, uh, Grim After Dark. Uh, Nathaniel and I, this might be Nathan from from Stat Check. I could be wrong on that, but 
his point and kicker you you immediately commented or replied to this bo saying that that you loved it his point was that squads need to be clearly identifiable so and there needs to be some form of markings because let's say kicker if you're playing with you've got lots of guard squads yeah you need to your opponent needs to know where one guard squad begins and where another one ends because that could impact their target priority mm -hmm. uh, OC, oc and some of those parts that are there so i think that's something that resonates pretty well it's, it seemed to resonate with you as a point as well yeah it, it really i mean I, because i am the i'm guilty of running a horde of infantry i want to make sure that it's fair for my opponent to know if that's a blob of 20 or a blob of 10. And, 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 and is that two blobs? Like, what's going on there? I feel really guilty if my opponent is even slightly confused. And for selfish reasons also, like, dude, I want to be able to look down at the table and know what models I need to be picking up or, or, yeah. or whatnot. So, so yeah, no, I, I really do believe in that. You know, there's really cool things like squad marks. Guess what? They're at LVO. They sell really yeah. functional little markers that go in your your – your your bases that allow you to easily know you know color coordinate your squads so uh you know <laughs> check them out at lvo you can also buy this stuff online right now but there's a lot of options like that to help you yeah. do this without impacting your actual paint job too yep um one or two more comments that i'll that i'll touch on before we can kind of move on jacob notes that he used to did he used to think it didn't matter until he played a space marine army that had four plus different paint schemes in the army and he couldn't tell what was what. So yeah. kind of same to the last point that's there. It can take you out of the immersion of, of the yeah. game. And again, that social contract aspect of it. Um, and then final comment that we'll touch on as it relates to it. Ryan, his comment was that lore and you know painting what the army represents, that that is a Oof. part of the game. And, yeah. and that that should be, hey, it should be what it is. Um, so yeah, there's different viewpoints. Not one is right or wrong, guys, as, as it goes. To, and the big thing when it comes to painting um, and what what meets the standard for those battle ready. I think, Kicker, you mentioned this as well. Um, every tournament is going to have the standards in their player pack, or they should. So, yeah. you know, if you have questions, don't check on a Discord or don't, you know, post in a Facebook group with your friends or something like that. Always ask the TO and make sure to always ask them directly and well ahead of any, you know, deadline that may be set there because you don't want to be the guy that maybe doesn't have something fully painted and it gets cold, you know, day of the tournament yeah. um, because it, it's not set. So just last couple things I'll note from the chat uh, as it goes. Bob notes that, you know, uh, as, as it goes for painting and, and some people express their theme or themselves through the way that they play, some people are going to do it through their hobby and how their army looks. Yeah. So being creative is a huge part of it um, and, and having that part set. Um, I think that's about it for chat. A lot of the same things that we've echoed already. So again, not as much of a controversial topic as it used to be. I think the community is a lot more accepting. And I think to some extent, Kicker, the community has also raised our own standards on what is acceptable for battle-ready painting um, and basing, which I think is only a good thing for the hobby. It can be a bit intimidating at first, but we, we get through it. And we've um, also had the, the, I guess, the, the products, the tools that have been, you know, delivered to us over the past few years that allow us to, to paint faster or, or whatnot, whether it's contrast paint or basing things like the textured paint so you can get your bases done right. faster. So yeah, you know, it's easier than ever to get an army tabletop ready. Uh, it doesn't have to look perfect, by the way, guys. Like it's, no. you don't have to highlight everything, but uh, it, sometimes it's just nice to, to get something that looks a little co co coherent. You know, I, I was thinking about it. Bear with me. I generally like to not paint like the box art because I want to be my own special snowflake and do my own yeah. thing. But painting like the box art does have a huge advantage that it saves that bandwidth. You can literally, oh, these are the colors I go with. And look, there's like 30 YouTube videos showing you how to paint like that. It saves that energy so you can just start the painting as opposed to having to think about how to paint or possibly creating something that looks kind of like garbage because your color theory is just off. So that, there, is that, there, there is that advantage. I, uh, I, I sometimes... 
<laughs> my little hack is if I want to paint, say, guardsmen, a, a special color, you know, color or whatever, but I don't want it to be something that other guardsmen are like, I will look at like space marines or even orcs to find a, a set of colors that work really, really well together and just take transition. That, yeah, I've already got a lot of YouTube videos on how to paint that space marine or that orc, but now I'm just applying it to a guardsman and it makes my life easy. Because then people are like, oh, that's yeah. really cool. And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't my idea. I just took it from another, you know, faction basically. <laughs> Yep. I think it's a great way. And I'll, I'll go through just a couple items as I was thinking about this one we wanted to consider. Yeah. I mean, I'm showing if you're watching the stream. Um, this is from the Blood Angels painting guide that came out, I think, 2014 when they got their 7th oh, edition codex. I, that was when I got into 40K. Yeah. So I had picked it up and I, that was my, as someone who was getting back into Warhammer and painting 40K for the first time, I painted fantasy. But 40K models are a little bit different. I did everything, you know, by the book that's there. But you've got that. You've got some of the other, you know, paint sets that Games Workshop has now, um, which it, everything comes in there. Your base, your your layers, your edge highlighting paints that you need there. So you can do everything. But kicker, like you said, you can experiment. You can do different things. You know, Warhammer um, Plus has their painting tutorials. There's yeah. lots of other great groups that do painting tutorials um, as well. There's some of our folks like, um, you know, the Hobby Goblins who do some of the judging. Uh, yeah. right for the FLG events. Like yeah. they've got a lot of great resources that are there. And then as you mentioned, things like contrast paints, the texture paints makes it so much easier now. That level of um, accessibility for people to get things to a standard are pretty simple. But yeah. kicker, when it comes to, you know, painting armies, there were uh, you know, there's always the cheat. 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 I use this in quotation marks. Okay. Using an airbrush, right? That's like I said, um, I painted my Shalaxi Hellbane this weekend almost exclusively. Um, with the airbrush, you know, it, it was basically done a little bit over a little bit over an hour. So for myself, as someone who doesn't like painting, for to be able to finish a model in that amount of time, a model that's 400 points, yeah. such an easy way for me to be ready, you know, for games. It does take practice, just like everything else, um, but you can get it done. Um, mm -hmm. Kicker, when it comes to paint schemes, are there like any different, you know, concepts or things that you see that are particularly interesting? Yeah, I mean, so so with me, you know, I'm an outdoor geek kind of guy. I always like to take inspiration from what I see in the real real world. So I don't paint like fake. I like to paint stuff that yeah. looks like it walked from, you know, the real world. Some people have this real talent for making something really pop and vibrant, almost look like comic book style or or but I really try to make my stuff look naturally gritty and realistic. And so I will literally look at animals or or or, or if I'm painting like I did some like nature themed eldar for a while i'm like i'm looking at tree colors and stuff like what yeah. shades are found on autumn leaves and that really really helps me uh with with my seraphon that i just painted you know I'm like i looked at so many stupid photos of lizards like <laughs> like what do yeah. lizards look like but i wanted like bright like i ended up going more with like a dark frog like you know jungle frog kind of vibe but yeah i looked at photos of nature to try to give me the the palette i wanted to go with and then try to mimic that what about you i'm yeah. sure you've got a theme or something that you use or a... yeah i've got a couple things that i'll cover and chat is correct me. I, I i said that hey airbrush is kind of cheating it's it's not it's a tool it's and it has to be used or applied you know the the right way um and, and having that part set but the nature part is great i, I actually did the same thing when i was painting my caro's fate uh, fate we have here the the uh, zinch uh demon i was basing it off of a uh uh, macaw the, the yeah. type of parrot right yeah, so yeah. i was looking at pictures different angles i'm showing on the screen as well our friend uh dean's some of the picture of his tyranids that he had sent me as well yeah. uh kicker real quick on the spot normally I, you and seth name them uh what what sea creature are these guys based on this week 
Oh, that's a a blue-footed booby tentacle animal. I have no idea. I just made up some shit, man. I have no idea. We'll take it. We'll take uh, it. I, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. There's really. I, I think it really is like a, a crab, though, right? It's some sort of a crab pattern or shrimp. Yep. Maybe. Yep. I don't know. Yep. It's cool. Yep. So but you got the point that. is that we're taking styles from nature, whether it's a crab pattern and putting it on tier, and it's great. But like, I think that particular color palette he used isn't natural but the technique of like spotting is so it's like you can take yes. elements from nature but then just change the colors or vice versa change the colors but put them on a, in a different texture or format yep. yeah other things that i've seen this is my friend uh jeremy's army that i'm showing some of his uh, imperial guard yeah, yeah. there you go some guard for you Big fan. Uh, his he's got this blue teal and then kind of silver and black we we were buddies in North Carolina. It's very reminiscent of the Carolina Panthers football team. Ah. It wasn't necessarily intentional, but right. If you're trying to think of color schemes, there's so many sports franchises out there, right? That you may know that you may love that you may be a fan of. They go through lots of marketing to have good yeah. color schemes. So, Hey, if you see something that you like, just apply it to your space Marines or, you know, to if it else works for a multi-million there. dollar organization, like they, they thought about those colors, those colors are not by yep. chance. Yeah. So they figured it out. So that, that's a good point. Same with a color for a major mega corporation, you know, Coca-Cola red and white works, you know, like, you know, yeah. Walmart's colors. Like if you look at some of these large brands or sports teams, they figured out the right color combo, uh, right there. So that's a, that's a really yeah. good idea though, man. The final thing that I'll add uh, to this before we, we wrap up this section, um, concept armies. So yeah. this is the sort of thing where it's 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 somewhat of an abstract, but I use the example, my corn demons. Um, they are done via airbrush, airbrush multiple layers um, with red, orange, yellow, black, and then dry, dry brush. Yeah, so you yeah. can see an example of this where it does have multiple colors, different levels of shading there to it. The, the effect is going that it's supposed to be this magma like magma or lava type creature. They are corn demons, right? They are these creatures for the Imperium. So that sort of lava concept is is one thing that you see. Uh, GW even has instructions for it on their painting app. Oh, cool. um, another one that's really popular is the, and this is the Age of Sigmar, but it's called the Stonecast, where it's the Stormcast Eternals, but they're done almost like they're statues oh, or weeping cool. angels yeah. from, from Doctor Who. So you do them gray. You do a little bit of stippling, do a little bit of dry brushing so that they look like these stone warriors. So you get, you know, they are fully painted, but it's the sort of thing where yeah, they're not layered and highlighted and I have this particular scheme, but they fit a concept. So when it's done well and done with intent, they can look really cool. They really stand out from other armies and it's something that it's not for everybody. And some people don't like using that as a way of having it painted because it is a bit more fantastical, but we're playing a fantasy or future fantasy game people. So to each their own, yeah. uh, it's something that I personally like um, when it's, when it's done and something that every other folks can look into as well. Totally. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love the idea of concept. Plus they make it fun for uh, like a spectator to go through and see all the creative yeah. armies out there. Like I love seeing people that are not playing that are just walking and looking at the armies and snapping photos. Those concept yeah. armies definitely get, get a lot of love. Uh, yeah. So kicker with that, um, we're going to run through a couple more things here on this uh, on this show before we, we wrap up for tonight. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about community events and sportsmanship and the other parts like that. Um, so anything you want to plug? Have you been on any other shows this week? Yeah, guilty. Uh, my, my buddy Box, <laughs> Stephen Box, asked me to hop on Vanguard Tactics Competitive 40K podcast. Uh, it was a really really good episode. It was just me, him and me. Uh, he came to Lone Star Open, and we talked about – Jeez, oh, I, I guess the best way to say it is like sportsmanship in the community and, and yeah. you know, things that happen in events that maybe aren't not the most sportsmanship. Yeah, I got to see the see the C word cheating, you know, stuff like that. And, and but, but overall, like, how do we handle with bad apple? You know, how do we handle bad apples both as organizers or as community members and, and, and whatnot? It was a really cool um, 
opportunity to have an open conversation with him and share things from my perspective, from his perspective. And from what I can tell, because I was I was uh, tagged on their community's group. Uh, there's a lot of dialogue going on and people really like yeah. it. So people apparently really enjoyed this particular episode uh, because they got a, a good perspective on how Frontline Gaming handles, I don't know, in bad apples. Is it, what's it called? Bad apples. Incidents. Incidents. Inc yeah. yeah. Incidents. But also like it, it allows us to have this dialogue uh, that I had with Box to really try and figure out what we can do in the future. Like do we, you know, have this perpetual, like do we have a carding system that follows people along from event to event to event? You know, do we keep track of that on a public uh, basis or not. So anyway, it's a really interesting conversation. I definitely recommend you go check it out. Um, do we have anyone else we want to plug right now? Or we'll just, we, we know Joe's, Joe, Joe just got back from Salt Lake, right? That was what he was doing. He, Joe was doing. Yep. Yep. He was streaming an event this past weekend. I had a little bit of that on in the background while I was painting Shalaxi. So Joe was doing that. Um, I know Grim After Dark that they, they are back with uh, Tech Free Sticky is back after his, um, after his endeavors as part of the coaching team for Team Canada at WTC. Yeah. So everything's kind of humming along. Uh, I, we didn't get any other updates. Uh, Seth is on work travel. He's, I think he's gone for almost like a full, like he basically left, I think Thursday or Friday last week and he's gone through tomorrow gone. folks. So we don't have the full update that's there, but Seth will give us more information, but, um, but yeah, so no, nothing else from the affiliate network at this point kicker, but before we wrap up today's show, we, we do want to chat more about, you know, other events. There's a lot of yeah. other great things that are happening in the community and you've got some shout outs that you want to make sure that we highlight tonight. Yeah. I mean, guys, frontline gaming is of the community for the community. And like, we always talk about our events, but I'd, we'd like to really start bringing in some other events and kind of telling people, Hey, this is what just happened or what, this is what's about to happen. Uh, you, you know, cause there's a lot of great stuff happening in this community of ours. So like the Salt Lake open just happened this past weekend. This was the second year that it happened. And, uh, guys, it was a success. It was, you know, the biggest event they've ever had in Utah. So, you know, kudos to them. Our, our buddy Mario, a very active community member, is kind of one of the guys spearheading that whole event. And uh, Ben Jurek won that. He came in, won at Lone Star Open. He, he did very good in the WDC. And hey, uh, uh, kick a real quick, I believe it's Ben McJurek. He's uh, officially oh. at Scott Citizen now. After, is this after, thing? Okay. After, after ben McJurek. Ben McJurek won Mac with McJurek. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> One with his Eldari, uh, so so you know we you know round of applause for this guy. Uh, we'll we'll see what he's uh, bringing for. I guess he'll probably be at SoCal. He's usually at SoCal, so we'll see what he's bringing there. Um, but yeah, that, the, the Salt Lake Open is becoming a really established event. Uh, keeps on happening. So for next year, definitely think about going. Big Sky Open. This is a new thing, guys. This is a new thing. Jared Jared Whitehead. He helped us unload. Uh, we'll load up our trucks at the end of LVO. Just a guy. He saw us struggling to load up trucks, and and now I feel like he's a bestie. Uh, really, really nice guy out of Montana, and he's really focused on growing the community there. They've got their the first ever Big Sky Open. This will be a two day event, uh, happening on August twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Uh, looking like they're going to have oh they've already got thirty two players signed up for the forty k event, and there's other tabletop events as well as Age of Sigmar and Lord of the Rings. But this is cool. Montana doesn't have um, a very large population in general, and it's and it's and it's you know it doesn't have an um, it has not previously had a very large community of 40k players, but it looks like Jer uh, Jared is, is focused on making this happen, and they've got this official Big Sky opening taking place. So if you are in the area of Wyoming, Montana, that part of the country, please consider checking it out. Oh, oh, oh this is cool. Rumble on the River. So you know the Death and Glory guys. This is, this is yeah, right? They're, they've done, they do the Motor City Mayhem, which is a pretty big event as well. Uh, they're doing this one over in Fort Wayne, Indiana on November 10th through 12th. This is going to be a nine-round 40K super major. Uh, and I'm pleased to say that Frontline Gaming has kindly donated a ticket, an LVO 40K Champs ticket, for them to raffle off. If So if you register for this event, you can, you're entered to win this raffle. Guys, the LVO 40K Champs is totally sold out. So if you really want a ticket, 
just register for this event and maybe have a chance. Uh, but this is called the Rumble on the uh, on the River. So so please consider checking that one out as well. They do a great job with the Motor City uh, MCM Motor City Mayhem. Uh, so I have no doubt that Rumble on the River is going to be equally amazing. And oh oh oh, <laughs> I think this one's for you to take, Nikki D. Uh, something and, about one of, our, one of our fans. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we we do. Yeah, so yeah, kicker. Appreciate and love the rundown here on events. We there's so many 40k events that are happening, guys, and and so great shout outs that are that to here to support the events. Um, events only continue to happen if um, if they're well run and people continue to show up to them. So um, obviously we want everyone to go for all the FLG events, but there's lots of great other ones as well. But as it goes for great FLG things. Our friend Joel Adkins, he posted this picture that I'm seeing on screen, that you're seeing on screen if you're watching. Um, it is his printed Seth the Mad Doc mini. So we've had hobby updates from Seth the Mad Doc, right? Painting his, his <laughs> stuff, you know, his miniature. But somehow Joel got his hands on one, and he is painting up Seth the Mad Doc on, I think it's, I'm not familiar with the orc stuff. I'm not an orc player. A war trike, maybe? No, it looks like it's a war trike, um, yeah. Yeah, but, you or, know, a, a I mean, classic. Yeah, yeah some, some orc or bike. One of the classic, HQs, yeah. Yeah, one of those things, right? Uh, but the classic orc green, he's got some uh, some dark, almost ultramarine blue color for the for yeah. the bike. Um, I don't know what orc clan that is. I'm not, again, not an orc player. <laughs> I apologize, folks. Uh, and then some lighter blue shoulder pads, other items that are here. But Joel was really excited. So uh, while Seth is not here physically, we do have his orc version on stream with us. So we Beautiful. had to put it in for today's show. Right, Kicker? Beautiful. No, absolutely beautiful. Oh, and I want to make sure I don't forget this. Dan just texted me. Dan r- helps run Cruise Hammer. Cruise Hammer, they just finished last oh, yeah. week. So that was an am- amazing event. Cruise Hammer, you know, they were gone for a full week <laughs> playing 40K, checking out beaches and stuff. They had a great time. Uh, so we got to figure out who won that event. And I finally got the update now that they're they're docked and everyone's back at home. G- uh, Gabriel, I'm going to screw up his last name. Gabriel Nordstrom, I want to say that. Uh, he won playing uh, with his Adeptis Custodies. Uh, he, he beat Brian Horton at the very end. And, uh, and he became the winner of this year's Cruise Hammer. Cruise Hammer this year was the largest one ever. So it looks like Cruise Hammer is growing and growing and growing. I am definitely, you know, I definitely had some serious FOMO this year. I'm going back yeah. next year. I have to. I have to. It was so much fun the first time I went. Uh, let's talk about some other notable awards. Best painted was Brian Horton. I believe he was playing NIDS. Best sportsman was John. John Fuerman. John is from the West Coast. He's our Age of Sigmar TO for the BAO. That's really cool that he also won Best Sportsman there. Oh, a Best Imperium is Alex Semper. Semperbon, I always forget how to say your last name. I'm sorry, buddy. Right. Uh, but he's a he's a he's a great guy. He was there the year that I was, uh, and he's a, a you know frequent frontline gaming event attendee. So nice to see him doing so good. Uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful stuff, guys. Uh, definitely consider checking out the Cruise Hammer event if if you're wanting to go play 40k at sea. Maybe bring your family. It's a way that you can go play 40k and your significant other or family can go do something as well at the same time, have a little vacation. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's it for me, man. You got any words of wisdom, Nikki D before we, we head out for the night guys, uh, let's just keep having fun. Right. I, I, <laughs> and, and, and going, I'll, I, I see, so I'm prepping for Nova, not this weekend, but Nova's the following weekend, right? We already, we already mentioned that, um, going to be a huge event here on the East coast that is literally six miles away from where I live. So I think it's like a law that if there's a Warhammer tournament that happens six miles from your house. I'm pretty sure it's a law that you have to go, right, Kicker? No, so, you have to. That is legally basis. binding, yeah. Yep. And and I, I, I've I seen a lot of folks talking about, hey, what is the meta going to be like at, at Nova? It's a big event. There's probably going to be a lot of Eldar, probably a lot of Custodies, a lot of GSC. Um, some folks that are a little bit down for their, for their current factions, but at the same time, I've seen a lot of folks just saying, hey, you know what? This is an event. I get to go spend the time, hang out with my friends. I'm going to run the list that I want to run and trying to make the best of it. Um, 
we know a data slate is going to be coming in September that's been talked about. So, you know, keep up, let's, let's keep it up with the hobby progress. Let's keep it up with our new projects, our dioramas, folks like Dean that are working on their hobby track type of stuff. Um, so always a lot of great things that are here in the community. It's not always just about the game itself. It's about our life, right? And the social interactions that we get to have outside of the game. So to that effect, I am going to be painting this weekend, Kicker. I am also going to a Renaissance Fair on Sunday. Have you ever gone to a Renaissance Fair before? Oh, uh, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah. I, I didn't partake in like dressing up like I was okay. Robin Hood or anything. But next... yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's going to be my next question. So uh, I am. I, you're I've going to out, right? You, yeah. I'm going. Yeah. So I've got folks who saw me at Atlantic City Open. I had this uh, corn, um, corn pendant. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've added some accessories to that. <laughs> So I'll have this kind of whole berserker thing. Um, I'm debating whether or not I want to go with a face paint. It's going to be very, very hot and sticky. Yeah. I feel like that may just start melting and get everywhere, and I don't really think I want to do that. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to a day on Sunday with friends, dressed up, cosplaying, uh, doing that, having some mead. I love yeah. some mead. Yeah. Um, and just one of the turkey it. legs, right? Like an old turkey legs. I, and mead. I don't actually love the turkey legs. Oh, no. they're, they're, right. we, they're, they're too messy. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of a diva when it comes to that. Like, yeah. I want my food to be clean. <laughs> but it'd be very on brand if you're going, uh, you know, corn, you know, I just feel like that's what it you would be. Do. Oh, what I can do. Yeah. I might've been a Renaissance fair, right? I can have my corn pendant and stuff like that. Yeah. I can get some pictures of me as like a corn berserker sort of guy eating corn like corn oh, on the top. yeah that, that, that layers here that's perfect do that do that do that will you enjoy renfest i will be uh trying to get a few games in because i'm having way too much fun playing this stupid game right now like i love it I, I know that some things are a little uh you know rough to go against but i'm just i'm having so much fun man so every weekend i'm just like play 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 so okay by the way you need to get us photos from uh renfest we we, we will need this for next week that is your hobby progress by the way i've, I've just decided oh, yeah, for you it is. i mean my <laughs> hobby progress will be the changeling i am painting the changeling and and i will have photos from the Ren Fair. I, I see Perfect. chat. Uh, chat, by the way, um, Seth and, and Kicker will not be at Nova. So if you want to see the FLG crew, make sure to come say hi with me. <laughs> Get a picture with me. I'm, I love taking pictures of people. Kicker. Give him some cereal for me. Just give it to Nikki D. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, a, a railway express for cereal to get to Kicker that way. So if you're going to Nova next weekend, and we'll be, I'll be here next Wednesday, but if you're at Nova, make sure to come find me, say hello, uh, show me all your cool, cool armies. Because um, if you're folks that listen to the show, I want to see your armies in person i can snag some pictures and we can Please show do. that as some of the cool stuff as well uh for the follow-up that's it but kicker i think we're good that's for tonight it. yeah all right all right kicker so that's it for tonight and uh, let's see if i can do the outro better do than it. I you can do it intro all right well chat those listening on the uh, the podcast thank you so much for joining us on this episode of signals from the Frontline. uh we hope you have a great week and we will see you next wednesday thanks good all. night guys